Matched up at this time next week, it will be game week. Your feelings on that? I'm excited. I can't wait. My football pants are going crazy. It's almost time. Tepid Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends, your amigos, your online buddies at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and texasfootball.com. Your podcast pals. That's a good one. Your podcast pals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am the Tep Greg Tupper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. We love you very, very much. Uh, as we are, uh, look, man, we're not. We're not at the Poncho's Mexican buffet quite yet. We're not. Not yet. We, we are. We are. We're exiting off the highway. The, the, the exit is, is is upon us. It's a quarter mile away. We are about to exit. We are. We are about to exit. We can see it. It's up there. We like. Yes. It's it's over there. Uh, it's a uh, beacon well, we, you know, night. It's shining it is. so bright. Shining, yes. shining bright. By the way, did you see that Matt Parker and Trey Stone from South Park bought Casa Bonita? If you're familiar with the Casa Bonita episode of South Park, where mm-hmm. yes. uh, it's, it's like made, it's like it's like it's supposed to be basically ponchos, mm-hmm. uh, and and they ended up just buying the restaurant, which is a real power move. It's That's it's a, a power move. I, I kind of wish they'd buy ponchos. Honestly, that'd be. I might go great. there if they if they bought it. Anyway, right. ponchos. If you want to sponsor Tep and Step, we will. We well, will. All right. Here's a, here's a, here's a hypothetical for you, Tep. Ponchos yeah. sponsors the Tep and Step Pod. Do you right. go have? Do you have dinner one time at Poncho's in a in a, in, a, in an act of appreciation? A hundred percent. Yes. Okay. All right. Absolutely. All right. I would absolutely right. go to Poncho's. All right. Uh, and there you have it. Yeah. So there you go. Poncho's. Official Poncho's podcast. There you go. That's us. That's that's yes. who we are now. Um, this is part two of your uh, 2021 season preview uh, of from Tep and Step. Uh, the first one. Uh, went an embarrassing two hours and 11 minutes. We're sorry. We're so um, sorry. And I mean, an astonishing, honestly, an irresponsible podcast. That's what that it was. was. But you know what? The the feedback from the internet was mostly positive. There's apparently the nerds like, like us, like us talking two hours about small school football. So, Hey, well, we're going to keep we're going to try to keep this under 2 hours which we should be able to do considering yeah. we've only got two classifications instead yeah. of four, you know basically. what 5 4 yeah exactly yeah. so this is your 6A and 5A preview edition of Tep and Step we do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider please tell a friend if you think they would enjoy this kind of thing to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider we've got a lot to get to Matthew but we will start as we always do with your Texas high school football Fun fact of the week. And I think I dialed up a good one for you. Oh, boy. Matt's, Matt Stapp, who is the last team, Texas, you, let me rephrase. Who is the last UIL Texas high school football team? And I'll give you a hint. It's an 11-man team. To start Thanks. the year number one in Dave Campbell's Texas football and fail to win a playoff game. Oh, man. The last UIL Texas high school football team, uh, it is 11-man team, okay. to start the year number one 
and not advance past the first round of the playoffs? Because I guess, like, did Ennis... So Ennis got bounced in the area round last year. Yeah, they started the year number one in 582. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I won't check. I don't know if they actually played that first game um, or if it got, like, forfeit. But we'll just say that to advance past the first round. That's well, probably I mean, the better technically way Technically, uh, that, that, that if, if it was a forfeit, it does count still as a, as a win in the uh, record. True, books. good point. Uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. I cause we, we we try to, we don't think about those misses too much. We try to put those of the, no. out of our brain. Um, I think it's been a little while though, hasn't it? It has been. I'll get, do you want me to give you a year? Give me, give me, give me a year. Two thousand seventeen. Okay, so it's been a little while. Yeah, it's a few. This is few also the last UIL eleven or UIL um, team to start year number one and finish with a losing record. Wow, we had a team that started number one and boy, oh god, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm at a loss. I can't. Okay, I can't think of. One. By the way, Ennis did play in the first. They they, they beat Frisco okay. Liberty forty nine to nothing last year. The answer, but yeah, I can't, I can't think of it. The twenty seventeen Cameron Yo Yeoman. Started the year number one in Dave Campbell's Texas football in 3A Division One, and lost to Teague 40-14 to in the first round of the playoffs, in the by-district round. That was a pretty and, good Teague team, I think. I, was a, I think it, it was. Regional, I think it went to the regional finals that year, I think. And, yeah. and I will say... Was that, uh, that the year that Rhodes left and went to... I think that was, that was Tommy Brashear's first year. That was when it Rhodes left been. for GP, yeah. That might have been. Tw- the Before that, twenty fifth or 2014 A&M Consolidated went 5-6, and six, lost to Temple in the first round. Uh, before that... Oh, there's a six-man team. Throckmorton lost in the first round to Ira... Um, but that was pretty big upset. Uh, 2012, Lake Travis, number one, lost to Pflugerville in the first round. Um, and wow, that... Lake Travis was ranked. That was Lake Travis's first year in 5A, too, and they were the number mm-hmm. one team their first year in 5A. Mm-hmm. That, was, that, was um, pre, that was pre-Greg Tepper managing editor. I'm not, I'm yes. not sure managing editor Greg, Greg Tepper would have Well, uh, actually, you know what? I have, to, I, have to, I have to call my own foul here. Technically, um, so this was 5A D2. It's possible they were not number one uh, because we, but they were our pick to win the D two title. So they might have been two or three, but uh, that, that's okay. it. But the All other right. ones were definitely um, the number one teams, and they got bounced in the first round. So there you go, uh, and a dubious honor. But the last team to start the year number one and not win a playoff game, the Cameron Yo Yeoman in two thousand and seventeen. And there it is, your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. All right. Matthew, you're, you're back. You've had back to back strong fun back facts. In, back, I'm back in my bag. Back in yeah. my bag. All right, you're Matthew, your, you're back on your bull. I am back on my bull. Um, it's that time. It's five A time. We're gonna st- we're gonna go. F- we're gonna talk six A and five A today. We're gonna start five A Division Two. Work our way up to the big boys there in six A, and uh, we will start in five A Division Two, where. Um, I mean, I would say there's at least a team that's got to start the year as the front runner, um, and uh, and it's a team that perhaps perhaps y'all have heard of. Um, certain certain black and orange team that located yes. just a little bit west of Fort Worth. 
Correct. Uh, we're talking yeah. about the Alito Bearcats. And uh, Alito starts the year number one in Dave Campbell's Texas football. They have a record 10 state championships. They've won three in a row, going for four. And if you are interested, uh, as far as uh, teams that have won four consecutive state championships, it's only been happened uh, four t- It's only happened four times. Lake Travis, of course, to drive for five. Uh, Salina. Uh, from 98 to 01, uh, Seeley from 94 to 97, and then the six-man ranks, Fort Hancock, went from 90, uh, 1988 to 1991. Uh, four, and ask Mart how hard it is to win four in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, yeah, you got to be on your game every single time. And so, um, look, Alito, we're picking them to, uh, or at least the, the, the magazine is picking them to, uh, to win a fourth consecutive state championship. This may be, you know, this is an Alito team that I think is different. Right. It's 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 there. I, I wonder this is this is a bold statement to make, but I don't think they're going to have the same kind of star power that they had last year. Um, the Jojo Earls, the DeMarco Roberts are gone, uh, but they are kind of in the same mold of some of those other really, really good Alito teams that maybe aren't the super memorable ones. Um, I mean, that in, in a nice way, but they are going to be one of those teams that does feel like uh much more, much more worker be much more uh, guys who who all kind of do their job well, um, as opposed to having a guy like JoJo Earl or like Demarco Roberts who can just really take the ball and, and and go do whatever they want. Yeah, I think this was an Alito team that's going to be really good up front on both sides of the ball. This is going to be very similar. I guess you can you can make it draw a comparison to Argyle and how we kind of to Argyle maybe a little more. Uh, plotting this year. I think Alito will be a little more plotting this year and they're going to, um, you know, probably not, they're not, they're probably not going to throw up 50 spots every week, that kind of thing. They may, they may win a lot more games, 35 to seven this year, 28 to nothing. Uh, those kind of scores. Um, I don't think they're going to be quite as explosive just because they're not as dynamic at the skill spots as they have been, but I, I do think they're going to be really good up front. I think their junior quarterback, uh, Braden Fowler, Nicole, 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 Nicole uh, mm-hmm. I'm not butchering his name, but uh, he, he, he last year as a sophomore, it was kind of like, don't lose us the game. You know, let, let, you know, you just drive the bus and we'll, our guys will make play. I think more of the offense will be on his shoulders this year. Um, but I think as, as we saw in that regional final game, I think there is a team in region two um, capable of pushing them in, in Lovejoy. I, I think Lovejoy um, burst on the scene last year under Chris Ross. I think they're going to be as good this year, if not a little bit better. And I know that's kind of crazy to say, but I think Lovejoy is here to stay. Um, so I think Alito is going to going to have some challenges inside of their region. And, I, and I'm, I'm really bullish on South Oak Cliff this year. I think South Oak Cliff, um, if there's going to be a year that South Oak Cliff can get it done, this this might be the year. So they're, it's not going to be a cakewalk for the Bearcats by any means in 5A Division Two. I think I think 5A Division Two as on the whole as a classification is much more intriguing this year than it has been in the past few years. I think that's right. I think that last year, going into the year, I think we looked at Alito and said, well, uh, it was, uh, well, well, let me rephrase. We went into the year and we were like, once it became apparent that maybe Ennis was a little bit mortal, I still would have liked to see Ennis versus Alito last year. Still would have yeah, liked, that, I, I, I still like to see that. Fun. Yeah. I think it would have been fun. I think Ennis would have had a great shot. But I think that, I mean, that's not to take anything away from Alito. I think that they were a worthy champion. But what I will say is once it became apparent that, like, once Ennis bowed out and once they lost to, um, boy, Mansfield, uh, Mansfield, uh, Timberview. Timberview, yeah. Once they lost to Timberview, it was like, all right, 
it's Alitos to lose at that point. Like mm-hmm. it really felt like they were the they were the most complete team. And you mentioned Bra- Braden Fowler, Nicolosi. Remember, there was a lot of questions going into the year about the quarterback spot. And give a ton of credit to, uh, to Tim Buchanan. Give a ton of credit to that coaching staff that they put him in a position to win. I'm looking at the stats right now: 85 of 133 for a team that played 14 games. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean. They didn't ask him to do too much, but mm-hmm. they asked him to go out there and take care of the football, and he did. He threw one interception the whole year. I mean, that's that's all you can ask for. And yeah. and another year in the system under his belt, I think that that's going to behoove him. And so, yeah, this maybe doesn't have that kind of same kind of star power, at least at the the skill position spots. I still think B.J. Allen, their safety and their tight end Jason Llewellyn are pretty special, but um, this is this is still the team to beat. I think in in five division two until they say they're not. Yes, I agree 100%. I think the Houston area is going to be really intriguing. We'll talk about it when we get into the regional previews. I think the Houston area in Region 3 um, is really fascinating this year. There's some teams in Region 3 that I think are are really going to be interesting. So I, I think 5A Division, like I said, I think 5A Division 2 on the whole, very intriguing and going to be a fun, a fun group to watch this year. Right, most certainly. Okie dokie. So let's get to region by region. We'll start 5A Division 2, Region 1, uh, where the favorite, at least according to those dumb dums at Dave Campbell's Texas football, uh, is uh, Lubbock Cooper. Uh, the Pirates start the year number six in our rankings in 5A Division 2. Um, they, the, I mean, I probably don't need to tell you that this is a team whose defense looks like it could be uh, spectacular with uh-huh. uh, Kyler Jordan and Kobe McKenzie back. But, you know, look, I think they're far from a sure thing. I mean, they offensively, they lose a lot on the offensive line. They lose a lot uh, for at, at on the offensive skill position spots. I think they're far from a sure thing. And I think that there are a fair number of teams right behind them uh, that could up and get them should – uh, sh- you know, should uh, Lubbock Cooper fail to fail to fill those offensive holes? Yeah, I mean, Lubbock Cooper last year, in my opinion, was a little bit offensively challenged, and, it, and I think it came back to bite them. And they're, you know, it seems like them and Wichita Falls Rider. I mean, they've played I think six times in the last three years, and you know, three times for the regional title, three times for a district title. Um, and in that regional final game last year, I, I thought the Cooper offense and their their inability to you know, they, they had to work so hard to score points that, that eventually caught up to them in that playoff. I think they're going to have to get a little bit better off. I mean, they are the favorite um, just simply because I think Ryder just lost so much. I mean, Ryder, Ryder was gutted by graduation. Um, I, so I think Cooper is the favorite in Region 1 by default, but this is far from a team that, that's perfect. And it's going to rely on the defense, and, and I don't think they're going to be able to challenge anyone in Region 2 unless they can find – um, some offensive playmakers that, that was, you know, when Cooper played Alito two years ago in the re, in the state semifinals and really went toe to toe with Alito and probably probably in a lot of cases could have won that game. They they were dynamic offensively. They had they had two Division one running backs um, that were able they could mm-hmm. do a lot of things with and, and and make plays. And they just they that that was what separated that Lubbock Cooper team I think from the one last year is they were so they were very dynamic offensively. So. Um, they got some. They got some holes to fill. I, the team in Region One that I'm, I'm watching out for is Grapevine. This yeah. is a team on paper that I, you know, they lost to Cooper in the third round last year, and, and it would not surprise me if those two locked horns again. Great, Grapevine on paper looks really strong. So here's the thing. So Grapevine, if if you heard exclusively on Texas Football Today, uh, Grapevine will be on Bally Sports Southwest's uh, Texas Football Days, opening up against Colleyville Heritage, who we'll talk about in the next 
uh, classification preview. Um, and, and so I've started kind of doing my, my dive on, on grapevine, stuff like that. Here's the weird thing about, um, about them. They are, uh, really, they look like they're going to be really good up front, especially on the defensive side, Garrett Gardner and Aiden Cassidy. And they're going to be dynamic offensively with guys, uh, guys like Caleb Tejada, they're running back and guys like Parker Polk, but dude, they are smallish like on the offensive side at least at the skill position spot they got a bunch of mighty mites out there just running around really quick really fast but not a ton of like size which makes them a little bit interesting and i'm very excited to see them in week one because i think you're right i think they've got an opportunity to make a, a run let's also not forget that the team that won the darn region last year uh was wichita falls rider and mm-hmm. rider ain't going away but look i i a lot of new faces and and look i, I mean we you and i feel very, we like mark bendel a lot we like that program a lot i don't think they're gonna fall off the face of the earth but i also think jacob rodriguez was doing a lot for that team last year and that's gonna be somewhere between him and and guys like the um and guys like the secondary they have a lot of, there gonna be a lot of new faces there mm-hmm. um and so you know look if if you want to dream on a team um Maybe El Paso Andrus. Uh, you know, they remember they were a team that that got bounced because they couldn't field a team. Uh, they had to forfeit mm-hmm. in the first round. Yeah, I, I think there's three. There's three teams out there. I think in El Paso that that you could dream on. I mean, Parkland lost in the second mm-hmm. round by one point last year. I think they're going to be in the mix. Andrus, like you said, is going to be in the mix. And and I think Burgess potentially with Tavoris Jones uh, is going to be a team in the mix as well. So um, there's there's three good teams in El Paso that I think will will not – at minimum won't be pushovers in the area round of the playoffs for sure. Yeah, I think that's I, – I think – I think we agree there. Andrus is probably the favorite out of that bunch, but you know, all of that is kind of contingent upon Lovett Cooper, you know, not figuring out their offensive scheme. But if they do, then they, I, in my opinion, they are the, the team to beat there, especially with that defense. Okay, so on to Region Two, and we've kind of spoiled the party here. Um, but there are four teams in the top ten in Region Two: Alito, who we've talked about at length, um, and you think Lucas Lovejoy has a chance to uh, to make a run there. NS ain't going away, although they have a fair number of pieces that they have to replace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's, of course, the team that uh, that kind of that surprised a lot of teams people last year, which was Mansfield Timberview, who also has some teams to, to, to uh, some pieces to replace. You add in a team like South Oak Cliff, it's a pretty loaded region that for Alito, you know, that again, to reiterate, is the favorite, mm-hmm. but. It's it's hardly a walkover here. Yeah, I, I think I think Ennis lost a lot. I think that the best the, the three teams to watch are Alito, Lovejoy, and South Oak Cliff. With Ennis kind of falling back into that that kind of larger middle with with Mansfield because Timberview lost a lot as well. Um, I think Denison, if, if you know under first year head coach Brent Whitson, they they're, they're loaded this year. If Denison's going to have a big year, it's this year. I think Frisco Liberty made a huge step forward last year. They have one of the best receivers in the country, and Evan Stewart. And, you know, those teams in District 8, you know, out behind Ennis, you know, Greenville, Roy City, Corsican, and North Forney, all pretty solid teams as well and, and capable capable of doing some things as well. So there, there's some decent depth in this region. Um, if you're wanting to dream, really, really dream on someone outside of South Oak Cliff, I'd have to say probably Denison, just with what the, the, the number of three-year starters they have back in the fall. Jadarian Price, their, their Notre Dame committed running back is legit. You know, they're probably the team that I would say – 
if you're going to dream on someone outside of that, that big three would, would be the team I would, I would put some stock in. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. One thing I think is interesting about this region is that there's such a diversity of styles here that like Lovejoy, they're going to throw the ball all over the field, right? Alito, we figure, is going to be a little bit more run heavy this year, but they may let Braden Fowler and Nicolosi throw a bit more. Ennis, I, have you met Sam Harrell? Um, you know, uh, South Oak Cliff is going to go out there and, and kind of try to maul people, you know what I mean? And then get guys with speed out on the outside. Uh, and then you have teams like Frisco, right? That, you know, running that kind yeah. of wing modified tee. wing tee. Yeah. And Tim, you know? Timberview runs kind of the spread option. You know, they're kind of like, you know, the old Urban Meyer spread option offense. So there, there's, yeah. there is some some diversity in schemes here. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I, I would say uh, the team to uh, to probably dream on. I, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I, North Forney has my attention. Uh, new coach Eric Luster, who took over very, very late, although he's hardly a new coach. He was, basically, he was the assistant head coach there when Randy Jackson retired. Um, I'm interested in them. They're going to be beefy up front. And, and that always interests me whenever you're going to have like a size advantage over teams. But they're going to be young. And if they can get some young stars to really step up, then I think that they've got an opportunity to make some noise. But uh, they're probably the team that I would say is, is there to dream on. But I think we've probably run through Region 2 enough. So Region 3, uh, we'll go here. And um, hey, do you remember who won Region 3 last year? It was the Crosby Cougars. Uh, yeah, it was. And uh, we probably didn't, you know, we probably didn't spend enough time talking about Crosby last year. So let's spend a little bit of time talking about Crosby now. Uh, I mean, they were, it was a pretty remarkable run that they had all the way to the state championship game, you know, at times by the hair on their chinny chin chin. But like, make no mistake, they, that if you want to see the power of having a couple of individual playmakers who can really take over, I mean, Danique has done, uh, you know, and Reggie Branch. And what they were yeah. able to do last year, I mean, it was really impressive. Now, it was, special, it was a special, special run. Super special group, too. Now, a lot of those guys are gone. And yeah. they're going to need to have some, especially playmakers, step up to fill in that uh, those roles, which probably, which is probably, that that's a, a nice way of saying that's why they start the year number 12, despite playing in a state championship last year. And fourth in their own region, behind the favorite which was the team that i would say was the real upset on their run when they beat fort ben marshall in the regional final mm-hmm. that was probably the one i mean well actually between them like the huntsville back game to back, too. the huntsville game too simply because yeah. like we thought huntsville was just gonna mash them up front and and they held up but marshall and huntsville are our teams to at least to start the year as the favorites there in region three Absolutely. I'm, I'm, you know, Huntsville, Huntsville is going to be interesting this year because the script flips, right? Huntsville is very senior heavy on defense. They, they, I think they only bring back two starters on defense this year, mm-hmm. but they bring back eight or nine, eight, I think eight or nine on offense. So they're, they're going to be kind of a reverse where that, where they're usually strong on defense. I think this year they will be a more offense heavy team, but Rodney Southern has done such a good job there at Huntsville. They've been in the mix the last three to four years and I don't, I don't see them falling off. Fort Ben Marshall, you know, James Williams squad is going to be – they were young last year. They got a lot back. Chris Marshall is one of the most incredible dynamic receivers you will see in the entire state of Texas. He's fun to watch. Fort Ben Marshall is going to be in the mix. You know, I was real bullish on Texas High last year, and, and they kind of walked into a buzzsaw in that Crosby game in the area mm-hmm. around the playoffs. You know, I think Texas High is going to be in, in that mix again this year, uh, kind of um, – 
you know, a lot, a lot returning there for, for, for Jerry Stanford's squad. I, I think they're going to be uh, in the mix as well. And then, you, you know, you, you know, A&M Consolidated is always lurking. You never, you never can count them out. Nederland, Barbers Hill. It's, it's a, it's a good region. And I think, you know, even a team like White House, I, I think is really going to, by the, by the end of the year, mm-hmm. has a chance to be really good as well. So this, this will be a fun region and there'll be a lot of intriguing playoff matchups later on this season. Yeah. I think, I think that that, is is a good way to put it. I'm glad you mentioned put the caveat on White House that like, you know, Kyle Westerberg taking over there. Um, I'm really interested. I I almost don't want to pay attention to them for the first like six weeks of the year, like because they're going to be young and they're going to have some guys that have to step up that are going to get some seasoning and they might take their lumps. But I also mm-hmm. think that they could be. You want to talk about a team that if it if it clicks, it's going to click at the right time, mm-hmm. and and so they're. They keep peaking come playoff time. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's that's fair to say. Um, you know, A and M consolidated is interesting. You know, I think that they, you know, last year they get knocked out in the first round by Longview Pine Tree. Uh, I think that that's probably that probably sticks in their craw a little bit. I'm interested to see how they kind of bounce back, uh, especially with a team that that does have a fair amount back. You know, six stars on offense, five stars on defense. You know, they're going to be a team that that I think has a few few game breakers out there because as they always tend to do. Uh, Nederland's interesting. I'm very interested in Nederland. Um, another team that I think is going to be relatively young, especially uh, especially you know at the skill position spots. But the but the offensive and defensive line look like they're going to be pretty solid, and that could give them a chance. Um, but Nederland's one, the, one of the Nederland's one of those teams that it seems like when we don't expect much of them, they really rise up yeah. and have a great year. And then when we put expectations on them, they kind of fall back to kind of middle of the road. So yeah. I think that I, I I think that this could be a year that maybe they they break out, which means of course they'll go like four and six or something. So um, okay, that's region three to region four, where man, I don't know. It, it, there, it there's such we need to have a conversation about Liberty Hill, and mm-hmm. and it's and it's a weird conversation because and it's a, it, it's it maybe a bit of an uncomfortable conversation because. Last year, obviously, I probably don't need to tell you, but I will remind you that their coach, Jeff Walker, died during the middle of the season after a prolonged battle with cancer. Um, his brother, Kent Walker, takes over, guides him to a state championship game, uh, or rather to a state semifinal. They lose by Final, one point yeah, yeah to, to Crosby. Uh, it's, a, it's a real miracle run uh, in a lot of ways, and, and obviously they were playing with such a, uh, such a, a, a wind at their back um, and such a, a you know such inspired football. Um, so on one hand, they are the defending regional champions, mm-hmm. and on the other hand, a you know Kent Walker is now rightly yeah. the permanent head coach there. Well, what were you just, doing, Liberty Hill, by trying to? Uh, uh, never mind. Ugh. Let me just yeah, I'll editorial right there. Uh, he's <laughs> rightly the head coach permanently. Uh, does that remove a little bit of the the wind from their back? Uh, and maybe the bigger issue: How do you replace ten starters on offense in the slot T? Um, and the answers to both of those questions aren't just going to shape what Liberty Hill looks like; they're going to shape what the entire Region Four looks like. Yeah, I mean, this is Region Four is is, is there's a lot of questions here to me, and I, and I think Liberty Hill, which direction they go. We'll, we'll absolutely shape this race. Because, and, and the problem with Liberty Hill is 
they're, they're, the meat of their schedule is in non-district. Their, their tougher games are in non-district. And they might take a few lumps in non-district while those young guys adjust to, to, to the game speed of playing varsity football. I mean, you look at Liberty Hill's non-district schedule, you know, they're playing good schools. You know, they're playing, they're playing you know, bigger schools that, that have playoff pedigree and, and they have to play those games because their district, let's just be honest, isn't great, right? I mean, they're, no, they're not. probably not going to get challenged – in district play, but we won't know how good Liberty Hill is probably until the first or second round of the playoffs when they actually play someone in their weight class. So Liberty um, Hills, if you're interested, Liberty Hills, um, their non-district is Killeen Ellison, um, Austin Del Valley uh, at Georgetown, and then Austin LBJ. So you know they're taking on some they're taking on some yeah, heavy hitters here. The Georgetown and LBJ games, I think, will really tell the tale on, on how good. Uh, this Liberty Hill squad is for sure, yeah. um, and 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 if it's not them, right? Let's just say that 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 the the young pieces don't gel on that slot T, and and you know there's there's something just doesn't doesn't click for them. It's like where do you go? Because I'll tell you who you could go with, and it's a team that if I told you this twelve months ago, you would have had me committed. It's Leander Rouse. Yeah, Rouse burst <laughs> on the scene last year and, and and actually pushed Liberty Hill pretty hard in, the, in their – I believe they played in the third round of the playoffs last yeah, year. Yeah, regional semis. You know, they, they, they pushed Liberty Hill in that region. And then Liberty Hill got pushed again by Sherilyn Pioneer the next week um, before eventually falling to Crosby. But but Rouse is, is the team, I think, on paper that, that is, the, is the regional favorite right now. I think Josh Mann's squad is, is the team to beat. Uh, in Region Four, because of that dynamic offense that they have and the and the experience they have coming back, you know, last year, you know, they were zero and ten their last year there, uh, the year before in twenty nineteen, and they come back in twenty twenty and and make the third round of the playoffs. And I think those guys with that three round playoff run under their belts, they're playoff tested, they're ready to go, and, and I think they're a team um, that that you know, if you're having to pick a team to win the regions, it's got to be Rouse at the moment. Yeah, uh, the other teams in that mix, I would say, would be a team like Bernie Champion, um, mm-hmm. who ran into the Liberty Hill buzzsaw in the area round and, and just, you know, that, that was a team playing its most inspired football. Um, yeah, they've got I, to I replace that, that was the peak of Liberty Hill's powers right there. That, that, I think it was yes. 49 to nothing over – I mean, they just destroyed Champion in the area round playoffs. That was um, not even close. But they bring back 15 starter, or rather uh, 13 starters from last year's team. 12 starters. I'm bad at math. 12 starters from last year's team. So they're in the mix. Um, and then, you know, what do we make of Brenham? Brenham is a team that, as far as pedigree is concerned, is relatively unmatched within this this region. Mm-hmm. They bring back a lot, including nine starters on defense. I know that they think that they're going to be better uh, than they were last year. They lost to Marble Falls in the first round of the playoffs, which, yeah, big I mean, let's be there. honest. Like Brenham, they 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 shouldn't be doing that. Like they plain and no. simple in within that town, they believe we shouldn't be losing in the first round of Marble Falls. And maybe this is the year that they get back uh, on on track and and make a make a run at it. The, the, on paper, they look great. It's just I mean, Brenham, Brenham has really underachieved the last couple of years. So um, it's just a matter for the Cubs of, of putting it together. They they've got the pieces in place, and that they, they you know. They've got an edge over just about everybody in this region because they're, they're, they've got more athleticism and speed across the board than anyone else in Region Four. But they haven't been able to use it to their advantage the past two to three years. They've, they've, you know, I think I think they got they got to the third round in 2019 and lost to Cal Allen. I want to say the third round. That was kind of that's as deep as they've gone the last three years. So, you know, it's now or never for them because the region is there for the taking. Brenham is capable of winning this region. This region is is there for the taking if they put it together. 
Yeah, I I I think that you're right. It's just going to be a matter of, of putting one step in front of the other and, and and getting it right. If if I may if I may issue a sleeper, Matthew, if I'm allowed. Um, you are allowed. This is your podcast, sir. Can, you're, you're, you're my boss. Can I give you uh can I give you a little bit of mule power here? A little bit of San Antonio Alamo Heights. I think um, I think in second year for Ron Riddiman there, I, I think they're 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 poised mm-hmm. to do some good things and, and challenge champion there in 15-5A Division II. Uh, I'll I'll tell you in the Rio Grande Valley, watch out for mission vets this year. Uh, we we talked mm-hmm. to Coach, Coach Gilpin at seven on seven. They had a great year in seven on seven last year. They bring back a lot on defense. They've got a three year starter back at quarterback. If you're looking for that, you know they don't they don't have anyone quite like you know Eddie Lee Marburger at Sherryland Pioneer last year was kind of a once in a generation player. We probably won't mm-hmm. see anything like. Him. Of course, you know the year a couple of years earlier we had Landry Gilpin, but he, he was such a special player and, and you know took. I mean Pioneer was not far from winning a regional title last year. I don't th- I don't know if Mission Vets is that kind of team this year, but I do expect a big bounce back from them this year. And I, I think they will contend for the district title there in 16-5A Division Two. So there's 582. Give me your regional champions for each region and your state champion. All right, region one, I'm, I'm going to go Lubbock Cooper over Ryder. Uh, region two, I'm going to deviate from my outlook. I'm going to I'm gonna go out on a limb and do it. Lovejoy over Alito in region two. Mm. Uh, region three, I'm going to go Fort Ben Marshall over Huntsville. And in Region 4, I'm going to take Rouse over Champion. In my state championship game, give me – I think Fort Ben Marshall gets it done this year. Fort Ben Marshall mm-hmm. over Lubbock Cooper in the state championship game. Uh, I, I, I think I disagree with you on almost all of them. Man, that's crazy. So here we go. Region 1. I would say five division two is going to be an intriguing, an intriguing classification this year. It it will be. I'm going to go with Grapevine Region One. Um, now I reserve the right to change my mind uh, as soon as the gun sounds after week one. Because if they go out there and they get pasted by and I'm and I'm there, if I watch them get pasted by Colleyville Heritage on Valley Sports Southwest, I reserve the right to change my mind. But I'll take Grapevine for now in Region One. Uh, I'm going to take Alito in Region Two. Uh, thanks very much. Uh, region Three. Region three, I will go with Fort Bend Marshall, although I've got questions about their defense and especially at the linebacker spot. But I'll take Fort Bend Marshall for now. I'm going to go with Leander Rouse in Region four. They're they are officially the sexy pick. They've become the sexy pick in Region in in, in Region four, and I'm going to go with how about this? I'm going to go with Alito over Leander Rouse in the state right. championship game. I like it. Might as well just go for it. So there you have it. There's 5A Division 2. Up to 5A Division 1, which the conversation last year uh, going into the season centered on the absolute bloodbath that was going to be Region 2. And um, I don't think a whole lot's changed. Um, it still feels like Region 2 is the power nexus of 5A Division 1, which, of course has our number one team it has our um it has the team that we believe is is uh that dave campbell's uh the magazine picks to go back to back that's the denton ryan raiders um it's not all sunshine and daffodils for them they they do have to replace some pieces but man some of the pieces they got left are really really good 
Yes, they, they, they lose a lot of key pieces, but what they do have back is solid. It's just that they don't have the quantity that they had last year. Um, right. you know, Austin Jordan, uh, Anthony Hill, the defense – uh, the defense is going to be there for Denton Ryan. They do have a lot of lot of lot of production loss on the offensive side of the ball. So, um, big yeah, questions that's, there. That's kind of the big question, right? Is like nobody really worries about their um, about the about the the defense, right? The defense, even though they lose guys like Jatavian Sanders and things like that. Um, but they and and by the way, they lose Bear Alexander. Bear Alexander transferred to to Fort mm-hmm. Bend, uh, rather Fort Worth Brewer. Uh, but look, they've still got. Um, uh, uh, they've still got Austin Jordan. Uh, they've still got Mason Davis. They've still got Anthony Hill Jr. Uh, they've still got, I mean, they've got just absolute stars all over the place uh, defensively. The offense is the question for them. And and they're going to need to have guys like Kaleeb Hicks step up at the running back spot. They need to find a new quarterback uh, to replace Seth Hennigan, who I think really grew into the role last year. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, the, this, the, the progress that he made from his junior to senior year was, it was incredible. He, he, it he, was, improved, it was he improved a lot. Yeah. It's, it sounds like it's going to be Kalen Davis at the quarterback yes. spot. Very um, talented. And, a lot, lot, I've heard a lot of good things about him, but he's mm-hmm. unproven. He's young. He's unproven. And, and that's the thing is, they are not in a situation where they're gonna they'll wait until the regional final to be challenged because region two is once again loaded. I mean, College yeah. Station's gonna be really good. Highland Park's gonna be really good. Longview gonna be really good. Frisco Lone Star gonna be really good. Like they've got dudes that are good. Like this, mm-hmm. they're gonna be tested every single week in the playoffs. And and you know, that's that and by the way, within I would say within their own district, whenever they play Frisco Lone Star, a team that's probably gonna be at least more veteran at the skill position spots. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be really interesting to watch how this thing unfolds if Denton Ryan is not able to fill in those gaps. And we're gonna learn a lot about Denton Ryan in week one. Yeah, we absolutely they play Longview in week one. Yeah, uh, get your get, popcorn. Get geared up for that. Yeah. All right, five A Division one Region one. Um, we talked about the other team in the Battle of the Red Rail. Uh, the other team that's going to be on 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 Valley Sports Southwest in the opener, and that is uh, so we might as well talk about the uh, the other the 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 team that puts the Panther in Mustang Panther Stadium. Uh, it's Colleyville Heritage. Colleyville Heritage starts the year number eight in our rankings, uh, the the top ranked team in Region One, uh, but uh, District Four there in Region One or in Five A Division One rather between Heritage, between Mansfield Summit and Red Oak. I mean. Fantastic! And by the way, let's not forget about Burleson Centennial, who I don't think is a pushover. Yeah, this is this is, this is last year was was a, was as deep a district as you, you'd find in the state of Texas. Not quite as deep this year, but still. I mean, because you think about it, last year Mansfield Summit, because of a quirky COVID tiebreaker, got into the playoffs. They might have been they, if if the full schedule had been played, they probably finished fifth in the district. Yeah, they hauled off and win the region last year. So, um, just shows you the, the depth and the talent that this, that this, this district, district had last year. I think this year it's a lot more. It's a two horse race between Heritage and Mansfield Summit. Um, a lot of turnover in Red Oak on the coaching staff, and they've they've lost some players. There's, they've had some. They've had an exodus of players as well. So, I think Red Oak's going to fall back to the pack a little bit. Um, I think if you're looking for, you know, Burleson Centennial is, is going to – they're, they're a tough matchup because of the style of play they play. Um, and I think Richland's going to take a big step forward in this district. But I think it's Colleyville Heritage and Mansfield Summit and then kind of everybody else after that. Yeah, 
you know, and Summit, of course, was a bit of a surprise team to to make it all the way to the um, to make it all the way to the, to the state semifinals last year. Um, now, look, they 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 bring back David Hopkins, who was really good for them. They do lose a number of other key players, including Cameron Washington, including Hal Presley, uh, Jacoby Jackson, their big offensive lineman. So they have some pieces to replace there, um, but they got QB one. That's certainly going to be on there. They've got they've got some guys back on every level of their defense, which is going to be impressive. But you know they're going to have some 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 young guys that have to step up. You know on the heritage side, uh, uh, you know if you forgot because there's a lot going on last year, uh, the coach there at Heritage is Kirk Martin, uh, entering his second year there, and uh, he's got guys that he feels really good about. Dylan McKinney, their defensive back, is a game breaker. Uh, Hogan Wasson, who's a four-year starter, is a game-breaker for them. They're going to put give them the ball. over. There. This is an explosive team that's going to have a way to do it. They they have, a, uh, they have a question at quarterback, and I don't know if they've named one yet. Um, they've got a junior who's like 6'5". Uh, I want to say his name's West Smith. Uh, and then they also have a sophomore who's uh, Luke Ulrich, um, who is uh, who they feel like has a chance to win that job as well. They may not name a guy until literally they walk out on the field, uh, but that that is going to be a question for them moving forward. And by the way, we've talked a lot about uh, District 4. Let's talk about Amarillo Tascosa, uh, probably the best team outside of the DFW Metroplex uh, this year in, in, in 5AD1. And, uh, I mean, they're going to keep on humming if, 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 they can throw the ball a little well if they can replace a quarterback uh, with Joseph Plunk. Yeah, I mean, I, Tatskosa to me is the team to beat in this region because hmm. because of they, they, they pushed – you know, Summit needed a last-second field goal last year to beat Tatskosa. Tatskosa brings a lot back. They've got maybe the most dynamic playmaker in the region in Major Everhart. They run an offense that's difficult to prepare for. And what's going to make Tascosa, I think, better than they have been in the past is their defense is probably going to be the best group they've had ever come through the school. I think Tascosa is the team to beat in Region 1. They've, they've got the athleticism and the, in, on the defensive side of the ball to keep up with the Metroplex teams, and their scheme and system, especially in the playoffs on one week's notice, is really hard to, to prepare for. I agree with that. Uh, I am, but I will say that I am, um, you know, I am a little bit, you know, they they, they have to re- replace quarterback, right? They got to replace Ken, uh, uh, Joseph Plunk, who was, I think, so important to what they did last year. Well, he was gone. Their their quarterbacks returning. Am I? Yeah. Do I have? Am I a year back? Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. 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 Bt Daniel started. Like, Bt Daniel okay. is back for yeah. for I'm crazy. For then. This year. Yeah. Cut this, so cut he, this edit, cut this editor, which is me. I'm not going to cut this. I'm going to leave this in. Um, but yeah, okay. Then, then there's that. They, they have, they have uh, uh, major Everhart back. I do think that if they're going to get out of this region, they are going to have to throw the ball. Uh, and they did not throw the ball well last year. They didn't have to all that well, but they are going to have to improve their passing game to be a little bit more dynamic there. But, um, you the know, year, the it, year they made their big run to the semifinals against Longview, they were able to throw it in. At yes. when they needed to throw it. That, that was what separated that Tascos team is, is Plunk was able to, when they, he wasn't asked to throw it much, but he would have a passing line. He would be like, you know, four or five for 220 yards right. and three touchdowns. You know, he'd have that yeah. kind of line. And I think that's where they got to, they got to get out of If they can get that little bit of threat and keep teams from putting nine in the box, then I think that they're going to be, they're going to be a threat. Lubbock Coronado is, is an interesting team because I think they've got a lot coming back besides the most important piece. Um, Sawyer Robertson is gone. 
I, uh, I, and then arguably their second most important piece in Isaiah Kelly uh, is gone to SMU. Uh, you and I uh, are, are quite fond of DJ Mann, the new coach there. Um, mm-hmm. It may, I think it may take a minute. Uh, it might take a second because I do think that Sawyer Robertson was so important to what they do. They need to find a quarterback. Um, that I think is going to be, it's, if they find a quarterback and they're able to, you know, because I think they're going to run the ball pretty well. Um, if they can find a quarterback, uh, and I think their defense is going to be pretty good. If they can find a quarterback and they can find a little bit of passing game, uh, then they could be a threat in this region as well. Absolutely. They're going to be in the mix as well. Um, and them and, you know, that week 11 game with Tesco, so it'll be a lot of fun out there in Lubbock. Uh, I plan on being at that game. It's a Thursday night game. Uh, going to try to talk you into coming out to, to the 806 as try. well for that one. Uh, but yeah, I think Coronado's going to be next. I, I think District 3 has some intriguing teams. Azel with Chris Lee back at quarterback is, is going to be fun mm-hmm. to watch. Uh, Abilene Cooper is always in the mix. And if you're looking for that sleeper, Man, Brewer, Brewer's the one I'm 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 putting some stock in as a sleeper. You know, not just not just because they added Barrett Alexander. Obviously, that helps. But sure. they 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 bring they bring back 42 of 51 players on last year's varsity roster, and most of those guys are sophomores. This is a young and talented. They've got one of the top uh, recruits in the country in, in their in Jordan Johnson Rubel Brewer and Todd Peterman squad. You know, the guys mm-hmm. in the play they, they made the playoffs last year. They were probably a year ahead of schedule. The next couple of years, watch out for the Brewer Bears. They're going to be in the mix. They are certainly a team to keep an eye on uh, there in District 3. Okay, to Region 2 we go. We've talked a little bit about it, and we've talked about Denton Ryan. Uh, let's talk about the teams besides Denton Ryan, the defending champs. Uh, most notably, the team we have number three, which is uh, maybe the forgotten team there. You know, last year we, we talked about College Station, uh, and that was the, I believe they played uh, Ryan in the area round. Um, and we talked about, okay, this is their first real test. It, it became clear to me that College Station was a year early. Like that 2020 team was a year early. But this College Station team this year, I think, has an opportunity to really cook. And they, I mean, I don't want to put this kind of expectations on them, but they do remind me a little bit about that of that state championship team of that 20 was that 2017 2017 i believe yeah 2017 they remind me a little bit about that because they got a quarterback coach kid and jet huff who's back who was really really good uh and they're gonna have some defensive guys that can go like jackson slanker uh that if you want to they can get out and they're happy to get in a shootout but i think they're gonna have some defensive stalwarts there too i'm i'm pretty high on this college station team yeah, you know, any other year, you know, if they weren't if they weren't in Region Two, I think they'd be the the you know an odds on this. This is a regional title type team. Um, it's just the the playoff path they're going to have to walk is is just brutal, and it's going to be brutal for everybody. But um, you know, it, there's no reason College Station I think can't get it done. They're just going to have to have they're going to stay healthy. I don't think they have the depth that teams like Longview, Denton, Ryan are, are going to have Highland Park. They're not going to have that kind of depth. So they, they got to stay healthy, but they do have the pieces in place to, to be a real tough out. So, um, you know, that part in, in that side of region two, I, I think, you know, just district seven, district, district eight, they're going to be, they're going to be a contender. It's just going to be a matter of matter of the draw. And I believe um, if the draw Vermont is like, you know, I think if I believe they would probably draw Denton Ryan fairly early in the playoffs, which, yeah. Which would I think they drew them in the area around last year, and, and looking at a potential bracket, I think they would actually they would probably get Lone Star in the area around the, the, the second place mm-hmm. team from District Five. I think uh, that's a tough draw, but you know College Station is going to be going to be a contender for sure. 
Um, let me give you a name if you don't know already know it, but it'll be an important name to know, and that's Brennan Storer. Brennan Storer is the new quarterback at Highland Park, uh, and he's he's taking over uh, for oh golly, what's the name? Shager. The the yeah, he went off to Brandon Hawaii. Shager, yeah, went to Brandon Hawaii. Shager. Yeah. Um, this is a young Highland Park team. Um, they're they've only got two starters back on offense, uh, but it is um, well, it's Highland Park. Uh, they're probably going to be pretty good. They went out mm-hmm. back and they picked a quarterback off the quarterback tree. Uh, and Brennan Storer is that guy. Um, and and once again, they will be they'll be very strong. Now they they do not you know they're going to be young, especially the skill position spots. They got to replace two offensive linemen. Uh, they were losing about half of their back end defensively. So early but, you know, on, Highland, the, but it's Highland Park, right? They always have, they're always real senior heavy. So I you know I uh-huh. feel like Highland Park's just gonna you know they just they just. They just kind of have Man. just this pipeline yeah. going. They just have guys come in, and they'll just they'll, they'll they won't they won't be super impressive most for the most part. But they're they're so well schooled, and they 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 play hard, and they're tough. And they just do everything right, and they're they're just they're gonna they're always gonna be Highland Park. You know, it's like it's like until until I say until other until otherwise stated, they're gonna go nine and one, ten and zero probably. You know, yeah. Now, uh, the only- like Carol, so yeah, it's yeah. tough. But now I don't know. Now I don't know how. Um, you know, the question would be how far they go in the playoffs. You know, they ran into uh, that. You know, Ryan finally got over the Highland Park hump last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, although, I, think got, I think they got him in the fourth round. Although, although, I mean, not that Highland Park didn't try. I mean, Highland Park it kind of suckered them fest. into their game. It was a it was a ugly slugfest. So yeah, Highland Park. Yeah, and Longview kind of did, kind of did the same. You know, Highland Park kind of took the Longview template from the week before and kind of mm-hmm. mucked it up a little bit, and, and they were able to hang in there. And speaking of Longview, yes, if you're looking for the regional favorite, it it it, it might be the Longview Lobos this year. I think wow. if they can find if they can get that defense offensively, mm-hmm. I think this is going to be as dynamic a Longview team as we've seen in a, lo- a long time. If because they've got two guys at quarterback that I think. Uh, could potentially run the offense. You know, Jordan Allen was the guy last year, and then they have the the kid who started at Jefferson last year and transferred in. They got two guys at quarterback who could potentially you know run the offense. They've got Jalen Hale, who's one of the you know the most outstanding receivers in the country, and they've got a really good young running back in Taylor Tatum. This is this is going to be a, a dynamic Longview team if they can get the defense. And I, I, Longview will find a way to play good defense. I, I think they're the team to beat in Region Two. Well, that's so. So there's there is very little doubt that Longview is going to score. They're going to score, guys. Jalen Hale. De- you didn't even mention their tight end, DeQuayle Vaughn, who's excellent. They've got a sophomore running back in Taylor Tatum that they're really, really high on. Um, that they think he's going to add just a new element when they get him the ball more. The questions on the defense, like they they're and 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 they are young on the defensive side. They lose a lot of not only the key pieces and the names like uh, LaQuayle and Hale and and, and Kaibo Jackson Jamerson, but like they also lose like the imp like. The, they're the leaders of that defense too, and mm-hmm. so how do they fill in that that defense? That's going to be the big question. Um, you know, we 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 probably should mention. I mean, here's the thing: Frisco Lone Star. Um, look, they've got Garrett Rangel back, and they were pretty young last year. They're going to be pretty. They're going to they're going to be veteran this year. But if they can find some answers at the wide receiver spot and maybe the linebacker spot, they're going to be a team certainly to keep an eye on. Magnolia. Um, I would say the real mystery box here, the real mystery box is Lancaster. 
mm-hmm. um, a team that we had super high hopes for last year. Uh, it just didn't happen for them. Uh, they end up getting bounced in the area round by Longview. New coach in Leon Paul steps in after Chris Gilbert goes and joins Steve Sarkeesian's staff in Texas. And uh, look, they got dudes. They got dudes. And whenever you got dudes, and especially in a, a region like this, that sometimes like this is a, this can be a really physical region. Uh, if you just want to be like, why don't we just try to beat you on the outside? Like sometimes that can work. I think they're the real mystery here, and and it could go it could go any which way for Lancaster. And if things click, then then maybe we're talking about the Tigers deep in the playoffs. I, I think with Lancaster, it kind of like we talked about Liberty Hill a few minutes ago. I don't know if we're going to know how good they are going into the playoffs because their district yeah. they, they just they overmatch. You know, they got they got a t- they got two tough games to start the year against Port Arthur Memorial and Skyline, and after that. I think there's going to be eight weeks of pretty pretty boring football from Lancaster because their district they just they're just going to overmatch everyone. So, you know, then, then the problem with that is for Lancaster is you jump from that into the Region Two playoff bracket, which is a right. murderer's row. That's I think it was what hurts what hurt Lancaster last year. They jumped from beating everyone you know with ridiculous scores to playing Longview in the second round of the playoffs, and they got their they got the doors blown off. That's the the challenge for Lancasters. How do you maintain that high level of play and then go from zero to 60 right off the bat in the playoffs? Region three, um, the team that starts the year number two in our rankings, we haven't even mentioned their name yet, and that's the Manville Mavericks. Um, and they're a team that, you know, like <sighs> – I don't know. Like when Manville, for, for all we talk about, like if you go back to those Manville teams uh, with Case and Martin, the team that made it to a state championship game came up, you know, one yard short of winning a state championship. I think a lot of gets paid attention to the passing game. But this is a team that is going to be able to, even without Jordan Vaughn, who's off to, to Wyoming, they are going to be able to run the ball. They are going to be able to stop people. And that is a pretty good combination in a region three that maybe I don't want to say they're lapping the field because I think there's a, at least a couple of teams that are going to be they're going to be close to them, including the the reigning state runner up. But I do think that 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 alone makes them that that ability to run the ball and that ability to stop people is going to make them the favorite here. Yeah, they've got a big question mark at quarterback, and that's that's yeah. the big that that's if 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 Manville did not have the question mark at quarterback. I might pencil them in as the favorite to win the state title, but that question mm. at quarterback is going to be something that I think is is going to be it's until it's proven otherwise. I think it's going to going to be looming over them because you know their district. I mean they're they're not going to be able to just roll over people in their district. And I think a team oh. like you know I look at I look at District Ten Five A Division One and the team that that I I think no one's talking about that really needs to be watched is Katie Pato. Yep, that I is a. They they're 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 rolling they're 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 jumping to six A next alignment and it's not even going to be close. Like we thought, Shadow Creek was crazy large, last, you know, two years ago and their last year in five A. I mean, Peyto's bigger than that. Peyto's <sighs> what I've been told they're pushing three thousand kids in the building right God. now. God, yeah, like this is a large you know because of the, the the attendance lines and the way things got drawn. They're they're you know most of those kids are freshmen and sophomores, but they've got big numbers. They're a team that's got a chip on their shoulder because they had their area. They had to forfeit their area playoff game last year because of COVID. 
mm-hmm. they're going to be chomping at the bit to get rolling. You know, I think Peyto is the team to keep an eye on that no one's really talking about in Region 3. Cedar Park, of course, is the team that went to the state championship game last year. Um, they the, the numbers as far as getting hit by graduation are not something that you're going to be like, oh, well, yeah, they got clobbered by graduation. It's not like they bring back like one starter on both sides of the ball. But like the impact, like, I mean, dude, what Ryder Hernandez did for them and like what Josh Cameron did for them and what Luke Williams did for them and Gunnar Absek and Shelby Battles, like some like the impact guys they're losing are so huge. And mm-hmm. and look, they, they feel good about this new guy, this new quarterback, Josh Pell. They feel good about him, but it's one of those things that especially in a region as deep and dangerous as this one, like I got to see it before I'm willing to believe it for them. And and that's that's kind of where I'm at on Cedar Park. Uh, are you buying what Porter Memorial is selling? Um, it's kind of a, a question we've had for the past umpteen yeah. years. Um, they look good on paper. You know, that, that, yeah. that first round playoff loss to Hightower, I think, sticks in their craw a little bit. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think they're going to be around I, I, kind of like Laporte. I, I was really high on Laporte early last year until injuries kind of derailed with that, what they have going on. It, you know, if you're looking for a kind of off the off the radar team, Buta Don't Johnson you dare say what I'm thinking. Dang it. Now oh, you Buta stole Johnson. my cool point. Ah. Yeah, I like Buta Johnson quite a bit. I, I think they're going to be a team to watch as well. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, I I think you know that was a team I want to bring up and be a super cool hipster, uh, but I can't. Um, uh, the other t- the other thing the other team I'll throw out there is kind of that like hipstery type pick, and it could absolutely blow up in my face because it would have blown up in my face last year. Uh, but uh, Pflugerville Weiss, mm-hmm. uh, they missed the playoffs last year at two and two. I think they kind of got coveted. Yeah, um, COVID. Uh, yeah, they had a COVID thing that caused them to, you know, that, that really hurt them. Yeah. Uh, but they are a team that's bringing back a lot of experience, a lot of guys back from that year. And, and, you know, you talk about like a fourth year of a program. These are now guys who've grown up within that program. Um, is there, are they ready to make that leap? So, uh, you know, region three, there's that team, there's, there's at least two teams at the very top, uh, in Manville. And I, I think Peyto, I put that in that same mix Cedar park, if they can get a couple things together and then, you know, poor Arthur Memorial, if they can count, if they can put it together, because certainly, uh, we know how physical and dangerous they can be when they're cook- when they're cooking. So now on to Region Four, which was such just a uh, it was maybe the most fun region in the state last year. Region was, Four was yeah. wild. Yeah, it was. It's because of the makeup of the region. It's all teams south, San Antonio and points southward. Yeah. These teams don't typically make deep playoff runs. So, you know, we had Corpus Christi Vets last year make a run all the way to state semifinals. was a was a blast. Um, and I, you know, I, I think you know, the power in this region is still in in District 15 in the Corpus Christi area. I just think it may have switched uh, further south uh, to Corpus Christi Flower Bluff. I think Flower yeah. Wolf is really the team to watch here in this region. Yeah, you know, but but here's the thing: both Vets and Flower Bluff, in, I mean, like in a lot of ways, last year they were kind of tied at the hip, and they were they were a team that that you know I think we people got confused between the two and stuff like that until they met in in, in the regional final. But what's funny is that I think that they're kind of tied at the hip here as well, because I think both of them are going to be pretty good up front. And both of them are almost a total mystery at the skill position spots. Like both of them yeah. have to, to replace a lot of their a lot of their big time playmakers, and that's what's going to make them make this really fun to watch. Like, like make no mistake, I think I think Corpus Christi Vets, even with a new coach, is going to be the favorite here. But like, it's not a guarantee. It's not. I like. I don't think. Like, I agree that District Fifteen is the power nexus. 
I don't think it's overwhelming like it was last year. And in fact, I if you're selling me a little bit of stock in San Antonio Southside, I will buy it right now. Yeah. I will buy it. I like Southside a lot. Flower Bluff and Southside, Southside both have they they both have the quarterback position locked down. Yeah. You know, Flower Bluff has Nash Villegas. Uh, Southside has um, oh gosh, the kid uh, Richie Torres. Uh, Richie Torres, yeah, to, to Nebraska. Um, that they got the quarterback situation in, in good hands. That's that's kind of what sets them apart. I'll tell you what, another team to watch out for: is San Antonio Southwest. Mm-hmm. On paper, this team went. To, they went to the third round of the playoffs last year, and I believe they bring back all eleven starters on offense. If memory serves, I mean, they're loaded. Didn't they, weren't they like? I don't know. Maybe I had them confused with somebody else. Weren't they like four and six going to the playoffs or something like that? And then they just yeah. got like white hot. They got they got rolling late in the year. And they got to the third round of the playoffs for one of the victorious schools. I think put them put them out out of the playoffs. And you know, and then you know, we, we were real high last year on McCallum Memorial and Westaco East. Uh, but you know, with, with COVID and, and the Valley kind of having a truncated season and not, you know, that there wasn't a lot of success in the playoffs in the Rio Grande Valley last year for those teams. I think McCallum Memorial and Westaco East are both going to be uh, teams to contend with as well because they've had a full off season. They bring back a lot, and I think they've had a little bit more normal uh, of a time of it. And so I think they're not going to be as far behind their counterparts from further north as they were last year as well. All right, so give me your regional picks and your state champion. 581. All right. In Region 1, I'm going to go Tascosa over Colleyville Heritage. Okay. Region 2, I'm going to go Longview over Denton Ryan. Region 3, I'm going to go Manville over Katie Pato. And in Region 4, I'm going Corpus Christi Flyer Bluff over San Antonio Southwest. All right. And in the state championship game, I'm going to take the Longview Lobos over the Manville Mavericks in a very Whoa. fun state championship game. Dude, I could be down. Dude, you want to talk about two crowds? Yeah, be a Dude, lot of fun. Manville travels. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, I you've kind of talked me into Tascosa. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to hop on your bandwagon on Tascosa. You've talked me into it. I'm going to go Tascosa in Region One. I'm going to go Ryan in Region 2. I think they're the champs until somebody knocks them off. I think they can get through. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Manville in Region 3, although I do think that's the region that's that you could have uh, a party crasher. I do think that's the region that, like, Richmond Foster could show up in. Or, like... Dripping Springs could show up in. I do think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of chaos potential in Region 3. Region 4, I will go... Let's get weird. I'm going to go San Antonio Southside. I'm going to take San Antonio Southside uh, there. And in a state championship game, I will go... Uh, I'll be boring, and I'll go back-to-back for Denton Ryan. I'll go Denton Ryan over Manville in a state championship. So there you oh, okay. go. All right, we're an hour in, and we are into our final classification and it's the largest classification it is class 6a um and like to me like we normally we start these conversations by talking about the number one team and i would say that really the conversation has to be about the top three teams here uh because i think that austin westlake katie and south lake carroll are all tied at the hip in a lot of different ways. One, we think they're all going to be pretty good. Uh, two, wow. yeah. Two, we also think that they could go either bracket. And yeah, they could they could all be it. in the same bracket. 
they could mm-hmm. all be well they can all be different brackets but like two could go in one one could go in the other like there's a lot of different ways this could break and to throw some more intrigue into it and i don't think i've ever gotten the official matt step take on this so i guess we'll we'll do it here in an hour into a podcast that people have paid for uh we don't know what to make of the quinn ewers news for south lake carroll because certainly there let's just put it this way it will not have zero impact on the dragons no, for sure can't. You can't lose the number one player in the country, basically, and have it not negatively impact you. I mean, it's going to impact South Lake Carroll. Um, I think South Lake Carroll is going to be still really good, and I think Caden Anderson, their young quarterback who's going to be a junior, I think it, you know the recruitniks like him. I think he's going to step in and do a very good job, but, but it's going to impact South Lake Carroll. I think what this does to South Lake Carroll is it takes them from being a top-five team and I think drops them down into that 8 to 12 kind of range of teams. And I think it, it really opens up the Region 1 bracket if if they go Division 1. I think if South Lake Carroll goes Division 2, I think it's them and Denton Geyer for the, for the regional title um, without any question. But if they go Division 1, I think you have to kind of put South Lake in that mix with Martin, Trinity, and Allen. I don't, I don't think there's mm-hmm. – there, there's a ton of difference in those four teams, at least August 16th. After thinking about it for, I guess, two weeks, I think I've landed on what I think is the best avatar for the Quinn Ewer situation, and that is the um, when Matthew Baldwin went down in the Lake Travis versus Allen title game. Matthew Baldwin goes down the first play of the game. They bring in Hudson Card to take over a quarterback, and he performs really well. Now, we don't know how good they would have done if Matthew Baldwin had played the whole game. We don't, and we'll never know. But the drop-off was um, uh, uh, small, but in my opinion, clear watching that game. Going from a senior like Matthew Baldwin to a guy who ended up being pretty darn good in Hudson Card, but a sophomore thrown into the mix. This is not going to be uh, to to borrow uh, a, uh, to to use another example of a of a of a injury in a state championship game. This is not going to be like when um, God bless it. What's his name? The quarterback for Denton Geyer. Uh, Jackson, oh, Jackson Arnold. Jackson Arnold, yeah. Jackson. This is not going to yeah. be like when Jackson Arnold came in for Eli Stowers in 2019, and it was. Je- I mean, God bless him. Jackson Arnold, by the way, is super good. We'll talk about him in just a second. Um, mm. But it was that was a different ball. The game was over functionally. Um, I think this is a lot closer to a Hudson Card situation where um, Kane Anderson's going to step in. There will be a difference because there has to be a difference, but I don't think it's going to be the kind of thing that makes them go from uh, being a, a state championship caliber team to like the bottom of the barrel. I think they're still going to be a quality team and a team to be reckoned with, but they were, look, they were number three in the state and, 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 you know, and third among this triumvirate with Quinn Ewers. Exactly. Now, now, you know, if they do run into a Westlake or a Katie, I would probably just feel to, I would just feel a little bit more comfortable saying that Westlake or Katie's the favorite in that game. That's kind of where absolutely. I'm at. Yep, absolutely. And that, that's the real thing. You know, people when people six A is unique because of the split of it. It's not split until the playoffs. And the really interesting thing is those three teams could. It, what happens is, is out of their control. It's really on the teams behind them in their respective districts to determine their playoff path. Now. For the record, I do my my prediction as on right now is all three go division one. Mm. 
I think all three go Division One, and that includes Katie, who went Division Two last year. And the reason why we'll get to that in region in the Region Three preview, but I think Katie Cinco Ranch makes the playoffs and pushes Katie into the division into the Division One bracket. Yeah, you want to talk about an absolute just mayhem factory if all three of them were to go into Division One. So I, you, um, you throw those three in there with Duncanville, North Shore, Arlington, Martin, Lake Travis. I mean, mm-hmm. sounds like fun to me. So let's go to let's go to Region One of Class Six A. South Lake Carroll, we've talked about at length. We still think they're going to be really good. I actually think their defense has a chance to be really good. A lot of uh, like I know that they kind of got they got beat up last year in the title game, and if that was your only exposure to them, you may think that their defense stinks. It didn't. That was just that Westlake was really good. Um, but they bring back nine starters from there. Think they're going to be really talented there. Um, and and I don't know. I think that I think that that defense is going to be good. The team that I think like could make us all look super dumb. That's just like hanging out, waving to us right now and be like, Hey guys, remember us, dude. I think Euless Trinity is going to wreck some people. Yeah. I think they're okay. going to be really good. So, so they, they move Ollie Gordon to quarterback, Ollie Gordon. I mean that, that the legendary performance he had in that, in that Allen oh. game. Oh, they're going to build a statue to him. Yeah. He's moving to quarterback. And it's because they have another running back whose name escapes me now, but he's, Let me see if I can find he, he's basically a division one prospect as well. Tr- Trinity's going to have a one, two punch in the backfield like no other. And you put you pair those two guys, and, and I know you're looking up his name now. I can't. It's, Gary it's, Maddox. It's, yeah, he he's a Division One type back. You put Ollie Gordon and Gary, and that's why they moved Ollie Gordon to quarterback is to get him and Gary Maddox on the field at the same time. Those two guys operating behind that offensive line, Trinity is going to be a really difficult to stop this year. Yeah, um, I think they're going to be dangerous. You add in Arlington Martin and how fun they are to watch. And, you know, I was at that, that game on Christmas Eve against South Lake Carroll. And, you know, Martin had South Lake Carroll dead to rights in that game. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to be in the mix as well. And then, oh, by the way, Chad Morris is coaching at Allen as well. Yeah, we probably haven't talked enough about them. So let's talk about the Allen Eagles. Um, this is a – so Chad Morris takes over there. Um, he takes over a team that, um, you know, I, I don't know. By by Allen standards, they look they – look Fine. They look pretty good. Um, you know, they they lose they they lose some stars, but they always lose some stars. Yeah. Um, I do think they had a couple they, stars move in. They, uh, the five star defensive end from Katie, who mm-hmm. they hired his his dad as a coach. I know they had a wide receiver um, move in as well from out of state. So you know, make what you want of that. But Allen will be will be fine. It's just I don't think th- this isn't an Allen team. No. This is an Allen team that's kind of been like the last couple of years. Good, but I don't think they're up there. Uh, with the elites, elites in the state right now. So their offensive line is going to be really good. They're going to run the ball pretty well, but they, uh, I don't know what they're doing at quarterback. Maybe they do. Chad Morris uh, has been known to put out a quarterback or two, so he gets the benefit of the doubt. But, you know, look, they're going to need, there's, 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 they're going to be an interesting team that if a quarterback emerges, they could be really good. But I also think, I'll just be honest, I think Region One's caught up to them. I, I just and, think that's the case. And I think if there's a year that, that, that they're going to get dethroned in district, it's this year. Because I'm, I'm bullish on Denton Geyer. I think Jackson mm. Arnold is the truth. Dude. And, right, you I know, know we I, came I back think, from seven on seven just like raving about him. That kid is unbelievable. And he is a perfect – You know, say what you want about Eli Stowers. He was a great quarterback. Led Denton Geyer to a state championship game and a state semifinal appearance in his final two years leading the offense. He, he wasn't a good fit in, in Rodney Webb's offense last year. Jackson Arnold with a full offseason is a 
perfect fit in that offense. And I, you, this is going to be – you're going to see a Denton Geyer team that is going to put up some points this year. I think Denton Geyer, to me, they're the team to beat in Division Two. Um, mm-hmm. in Region 1, and I think they, they are capable of pushing Allen this year in District 5. The other team in that district is probably the other team to keep an eye on in, dis- in Division 2, and that's Prosper. Uh, now, they've got to replace a lot of that defense, but um, and they got to find a quarterback, but if they do that, they're going to be certainly there. Elsewhere, um, go ahead. And Prosper is another team that could, you know, if – you know, they, they went Division Two because McKinney Boyd made the playoffs last year. That that bottom four in District Five, Little Elm, McKinney, Boyd, and Braswell. If if any if those other three teams make the playoffs, that pushes Prosper to, to Division One and opens up the Division Two side even more. Um, elsewhere, it you know to get out of DFW, even though this is such a DFW heavy region. Um, uh, I mean, Midland Lean Permian is going to be fun. Midland Lake Permian is going to be a lot of yeah. fun. I'm yeah. not sorry. Midland Legacy, I should yeah. say. Yeah, it's got used to that. Midland, Midland Legacy, we, we, I saw them at 7-on-7, seven seven and we, I think we used to, you were with me, and they walked by, and I said, that looks like a Dallas or Houston team. They got yeah. dudes. Midland Legacy. Now, Permian's had their number the last couple of years and has won the district, and that's going to you know that's going to be key. The, the, the issue for Midland Legacy, I think if Midland Legacy squirreled around and found their way into the Division Two bracket, I think they, they're a team that could challenge Denton Geyer to win the region. But it's really unlikely that Legacy goes Division Two. In fact, they're they're almost assured. I mean, basically, uh, Midland, I think Mid, Odessa, Odessa High and Midland High would have to make the playoffs, and they're both picked sixth and seventh in the district. So I, I just don't see Legacy going Division Two. Um, but, you know, the, the problem for Legacy is, that, you know, they, they get to the second, third round of the playoffs and they're, you know, last year they had to play Trinity in the, in the second round. And it was a great ball game, but Trinity beat them. Um, so, I, you know, that, that's the only maybe if Legacy found a way to get Trinity to have to go out to Midland and play. There might be something there. But, you know, that, that's the problem for, for me out with those teams out west is that the playoff path, especially Division One, is really tough. Two other I like Abilene High. If, if yeah. you're looking for a sleeper, Division Two, Abilene High. They made the third round of the playoffs last year. That's a team that I think, if if they get on the right side of the bracket, could play for a while. Two other DFW teams that I want to I want to make sure I mention before we we exit out of bug out of Region One. Um, I and both of them are in uh, Louisville ISD. Uh, Flower Mount Marcus. Uh, mm-hmm. A team that I think uh, feels like they want that one back, especially with a healthy quarterback uh, in the first round of the playoffs against Prosper. Um, but they bring back a fair bit, and they're really excited about some of the guys they've got back. And dude, if you just want to buy season tickets to Louisville, you will be entertained. You will be entertained. They're going to score. They're going to score a lot. The farmers are going to put points up. And I think Hebron's going to be fun to watch. That's a fun yeah. district. District 6 is, a, is fun to watch. And I've got all four Louisville ISD, ISD teams making the playoffs this year. Hey. I got wonder, all four LIS. So Louisville ISD is, is, is really playing some good football right now. So, you know, that, that's going to be a fun district to watch one through eight. Region 2. Um, let's have a conversation about Duncanville. Um, they start the year as the highest ranked team in Dave Campbell's Texas football within region two. And, um, the, the numbers would tell you that they're going to be back in a big way. Bring back eight starters on offense, seven starters on defense. They've had a couple of key move-ins, um, there at, at Duncanville. Uh, they figure to be pretty darn good. Even when they lose, like imagine losing Kendrick Blackshire and Roderick Daniels and Savion Bird and Grayson James and Jadarius Thursby and Kevon Ivey and Tyler Quinn and being like, okay, 
Like we'll, next, we'll be better next year. <laughs> yeah, um, they're, dude, they're loaded. Def- their defense is gonna be nasty. Their offensive line is gonna be nasty. They've got another year with Malachi Medlock running the ball. Um, did they? Have, uh, they have uh, their quarterback. I, I, I'm. They, yeah, they, some J- yeah. quarterback. They, they. So Solomon James, who is a two years, he started the last two years at Corsicana. Um, has transferred into Duncanville. Uh, Reggie Samples, high, you know, he's you know, every offseason. Duncanville loses a lot of coaches. The guys get head coaching jobs, um, and so um, I think uh, I think Odell James, former Baylor great Odell James, was hired mm-hmm. uh, to basically replace Eric Mims, who left to go take the Amarillo Paladuro head coaching job. Odell James was hired um, at Duncanville, and I think he, he, obviously his son Solomon's coming with him, and I believe Solomon is going to be the the quarterback there for Duncanville this year. He's a, uh, he's a really good baseball player. He'll, he'll play on Duncanville's baseball team as well. He's a really good baseball player. He did not get to Duncanville until the summer because, of course, Akana's long playoff run in baseball. So a little bit behind, but uh, all reports are he's going to be – they do have a talented sophomore as well, a quarterback as well, but all reports are Solomon will be the guy and the, the sophomore will probably take over as a junior a la Jaquinnon Jackson. And so they're going to be certainly very, very good, and and the a, a threat to win it all, uh, and certainly in my opinion, the favorite in Division One. With, with uh, Southlake Carroll, yeah, questions coming up. I think I think this this opens the door for a Duncanville to get to the state championship they, to get to a championship is, game. Yeah, yeah. T, T's ahead um, there. Yeah. Um, so then let's talk, and we can just pull back the curtain, and and I will tell you the places that we had the most movement and the most discussion about um, about the rankings whenever we put them in the magazine was numbers nine through seventeen. Nine mm-hmm. through seventeen was where we we shifted a lot of things around. Uh, and you w- within there, and heck, I'll even t- lump in eighteen just for the purpose of this conversation. Five of those, eight, five of those teams are here in number eleven Rockwall Heath, number thirteen Cedar Hill, number fifteen Desoto, number sixteen Rockwall, and number eighteen Spring. Um, and if you say that Duncanville is alone in their own echelon of Region Two, I think that's fair. But mm-hmm. if you want to talk about like a, a next class of teams, I think this is as fun and maybe as unpredictable as we have seen in quite a while because there's a lot there's a lot to like about a lot of these teams. There's questions about others, and I'm really intrigued to see how the rest of this the, 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 really what ends up being District 10 and District 11. You add in maybe Spring from down District 14, how all that shakes out. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, Spring and DeSoto last year played in the regional semifinals. And, you know, for a half, Spring was right there with DeSoto. DeSoto uh, found a way to pull away in the second half and win the game. It was it was a fun game. Uh, they've got one of our favorite players in the state, Bishop Davenport. Um, obviously, DeSoto's pedigree is we know about DeSoto. Cedar Hill, a lot of questions with Cedar Hill this year, losing Caden Salter. You know, Cedric Harden, their, their junior quarterback, is an exciting player. But Cedar Hill lost a lot. Not only from their team, but their coaching staff as well. They had, yeah, you know, I believe they had a couple of, you know, DJ Mann and, and Demarcus Harris leave to take head coaching jobs. So they've had some staff turnover as well. So Cedar Hill's got a lot of questions. Um, if you're looking for a team to dream on, I think Tyler Legacy could be a real team to watch out for. You know, they bring back the two, you know, Jamarian Miller and Bryce and Donnell at running back. They have Jordan Renaud, the five-star defensive tackle transfer in. Uh, he he was in Louisville for a semester, and then his dad got hired as an assistant 
Um, he transferred in from Florida uh, in the offseason and spent basically a semester at Louisville. Then his dad, I think, got his teaching certificate and was hired immediately at Tyler Legacy. So he's at Tyler Legacy now. You add him into an already experienced defense. If Tyler Legacy can find a quarterback and any semblance of a passing game, I think they're going to be a really intriguing team to watch out of District 10, along with Rockwall, Heath, and Rockwall. But I think yeah. um, in Division 1, I think the power is in the Metroplex. I think in Division 1, you got Duncanville. In Division 2, you got Rockwall, Heath. Uh, but again, you know, Temple, I think, is going to be a team to watch out for. Mm-hmm. I'm really bullish on Cy Park this year. I think Cy Park is going to be fun to watch, and I think they're going to be in the Division 2 bracket. And I wouldn't I wouldn't discount Klein Kane just because Jadon Blue uh, opted out either. No, Matthew Golden's really, really good there. They've got plenty in the cover, just even without Jadon Blue. You know, Bridgeland is interesting. Uh, max, hashtag Maximum Bears. They bring back Connor Wigman, but there's a lot still. Uh, they've got to replace some pieces around him, which I think is going to be dangerous. You know, you mentioned Rockwall Heath. We're just, I'm like, we weren't going to get fooled again by them. Like they, nah. they made us, they made us look silly last year. They're not going to do it again. They, they start the year number eleven in our rankings. Bishop Davenport, of course, at spring is uh, my, uh, he's my, he's my football, uh, he's my, he's my football quarterback crush this year. Mm-hmm. I love. I think. I think he rules. I think he's great. Um, and then, if I may, let me throw out my little sleeper. Uh, keep an eye on those mighty Garland Owls. We don't think a lot about District Nine there, but uh, dude, Jordan Hudson, Chase Biddle, Jayshon Powers, Ellis Rogers, they got cats, man. They're, they they're got cats. Garland, Garland's frontline talent. They, it drops off quick. There's not a lot of depth there at yeah. Garland, but their, their top five or six players are as good as any in the state in any classification. They are loaded. It's crazy. So Region Two is going to be a lot of fun. Even if you just focus, uh, it, don't focus too much on on on. Even if you don't focus too much on Duncanville, like the whole re- the whole region is going to be a lot of fun. Heck, we didn't even mention like the Woodlands, who I think has a no, chance. To be I, really I good. think the Woodlands is going to be a lot. The Woodlands struggled yeah. last year a lot better this year. They're going to be a lot better. Yeah, yeah, an undefeated JV for the Woodlands last year. Okay. Region three, we go. Uh, this is Houston, uh, and uh, we we we. I guess of those top, I guess we haven't really talked about the Katy Tigers yet. So let's talk about the Katy Tigers. Uh, Ho hum, they're going to be really good again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a, a lot of it depends on where they go, Division one or Division two. They dropped to Division two last year and they win a state championship. I don't know if I would have picked them against North Shore in a in a region uh, in in division 1. I'm glad I didn't have to. We may have to this year if they go yeah. to the division 1 bracket and once again those two although again a lot of it depends on where on where Katie goes because if Katie goes division 1 uh then it becomes an absolute bloodbath in like region, it has been in, in, the in past region, three. region 3. Yeah. It's you know, exactly I, right. I think that's the you know I I think if, by the way if Katie and North Shore played I think the first team of 10 wins because both those defenses are going to be unbelievably good this year. It's going to be, yes. it's going to be incredible. Katie's got the, the reason why I would give Katie the edge is because of the experience they have on offense. They've got the young quarterback who, who was good as a sophomore back. The the running back is, is, is the, uh, the Davis kid who split time with his older brother, Jalen Davis, I believe um, is back. Yes. He's going to take, you know, but and guess what? Katie always has two or three running backs that can tote the mail. They're going to be good up front. They've got the Anderson kid at, at receivers committed to Oregon. They've got an elite secondary. I mean, Kate, Katie is loaded. This is going to be a maybe not. You know, this is not going to be a 2015 Katie team, but but it's going to be not that far off from 2015 Katie. This is going to be a really really good Katie team. Oh, I mean, look, let me. Look, and I don't think this is a this is a knock. I think it's going to be a 2020 Katie team. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be a team that was really good that that matched up well with a lot of teams, and of course has an outstanding coaching staff. North Shore is going through transition. They are yes. going to be different. You know, I mean, like a lot of those names that we've just come to to know are gone. Demetrius Davis is gone. Chadwick Banks is gone. Charles King is gone. Like a lot of those guys. Jaden Roberts or big offensive lineman's off to Alabama, but their defense is going to be ferocious. And if they can find a quarterback, right? If, he, if they can find a quarterback, then I feel like that defense and the receiving core that they have, especially with guys uh, like David Amador and like Jalen Bailey, they're going to make it stand up. It's It all comes down to whether or not they find a QB. Exactly. North Shore's – I was at the North Shore in Westlake game, and North Shore's defense pretty much had their way with Westlake's offense that day. And you just don't see that very often. Um, th- and most of those guys are back. The, the North Shore defensive line is going to be nasty, nasty, nasty. Um, so you're right. If they can find the quarterback, because I think they've got the running back. I think they got some receivers. They just got mm-hmm. re- to replace Demetrius Davis. And that, that's going to be the key. I think North Shore is going to be really good. They're going to be fine. Um, I think this is going to be a more 2015 North Shore team. Just the, you know, If you remember yeah. the state championship team of 2015, a little bit similar to that, but um, maybe just a little, with a little bit more offensive firepower. So, uh, I think North Shore is going to be in the mix. I, I, I think I think this region literally comes down to what happens behind Katie in District 19. And yeah, so, I, well, uh, let's let's start. Let's go there. Let's go to mm-hmm. District 19 because that is going to have like there's not going to be any real like it's crazy to say that maybe the most impactful game in the state this year is going to be Katie Seven Lakes against Katie Cinco Ranch. Yeah, I think that, you know, those bottom, you know, I think District 19, you've got Katie, uh, clear number one this year. I think Tompkins is a clear number two. Yes. Taylor, I think, is going to fall back a little bit, but I still think they've got the edge for the third spot. But that, that, that four through seven, you look at those scores from last year, they're, they're evenly matched on paper. I think this is the year Cinco Ranch takes a step and gets back into the mix. They had a great summer. Made it to state seven on seven tournament. They bring back a lot. They showed some signs last year of waking up uh, from it after struggling the last couple of years. I, I, but I, you're right. I think Cinco Ranch th- that week when we do tap and step, there's no question. Cinco Ranch and Seven Lakes is probably going to be the hipster <laughs> hipster game of the week. Um, uh, yeah, because if Cinco Ranch makes the playoffs. Katie goes division. It's it's it, it basically Seven Lakes has to make the playoffs in order to send Katie division two. If Seven Lakes misses the playoffs, Katie goes division one. Yeah, it's 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 a massive, massive game. Um, you know, a team we haven't mentioned, you know, you mentioned Tompkins. They're going to be, I think, very dangerous even without uh, their quarterback uh, who they, they have to replace, whose name, golly, uh, Milrow. Thank you, Jalen yeah. Milrow. Um, Tompkins beat Katie last year. Yeah, they won the district. Yeah. Um, and, but then, you know, we haven't mentioned Atascacita. Um, Atascacita, there's like, they're going Division One, mm-hmm. and – they're gonna be really, really good, and yeah. I know. We'll I know we all about said, them, and we'll learn a lot about them in non-district because they have to go to Allen and to Geyer. Yeah, they are. They are now. They are this year's team that has scheduled a game because they want to be the first team to beat Allen there. Um, mm-hmm. That's that. Atascadero is this this year, um, and I mean, some of the guys they've got like. First of all, they've got one of the very best offensive linemen in America, and Cam Dewberry anchoring that offensive line. And then they've got some cats like Keith Wheeler and Chase Soul and Tyrus Winfield 
who are just like flat out burners that are just like, okay, like we're just faster than you. And, and I think that Craig Stump's team is one of those teams that they would love for you to pay so much attention to Katie and North shore because they'll just, they're good enough to beat either of them on their best day. Uh, if, when they get their shot, can they, can they pull it off? That's kind of the big question going forward. Um, you know, the weird thing is after those top four, I would say, uh, with, um, Katie, North Shore, Tuskegee and Tompkins, I kind of see a drop off, um, in, in region three, maybe mm-hmm. the next team, the next team we have ranked is shadow Creek. Uh, but they're, yeah. I think in transition right now, uh, yeah. it is a transition year for shadow Creek. Um, I'm, and I'm then bullish it's like, on Ridge point. I'm bullish yeah, on Ridge point. Bert Emanuel Jr. Love him at quarterback. I think Ridge Point. You know, they they got to the regional final last year. If memory serves, mm-hmm. they had a they had a deep run. And I think you know if you're looking for a team that's locked into Division Two, it's Clear Falls. Yes. They made the run to the regional final last year. And they bring back everyone. If 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 Katie goes Division One, I, I think Clear Falls is your regional favorite in Region Three. In Division yeah, two. because yeah, because then I mean you know you would have to be like we just mentioned Shadow Creek. Okay, maybe I mean Houston CE King. Um, I like them. I think their defense has a chance to be pretty good, uh, but they're going to have to find a quarterback to to play there. And then past that, it's like, okay, like Houston Lamar. I mean, yeah, there's a good. lot. Of, yeah, there's but, just it, if if Region Three and Division Two has been a, a factory of weirdness. In 2018, mm-hmm. it was Beaumont Westbrook. In 2019, it was Katie Taylor. Yeah, Katie Sounds Taylor. Right, yeah. Yeah, and then last year it was Katie, and then this Katie just destroyed everyone. So if, if right. Katie goes Division One, I, I think Division Two and Region Three just becomes a you know a yeah. factory of wildness. I know. So now to Region Four of Six A, and in Region Four you will find two teams at the very top of our rankings: uh, number one Austin Westlake and number two Lake Travis. They have a history. They did not play last year. Um, oh. We and it's so funny like how things work out. Of because you remember whenever Westlake went to Division One, all of us were freaking out. We we're going, "Oh my god, oh my god!" This means that Westlake's we're going to get Westlake Lake Travis in a regional final. Oh my god, oh my god! And then and then Round Rock beats beats Lake Travis yeah. in the first round. Um, now look, that was I think that was a pretty f- that was a flawed Lake Travis team, and I think Westlake would have beaten them. That's easy to say now, but mm-hmm. um, you know, look, this is a Westlake team. That starts the year number one in 6A. And I, I probably don't have to tell you why. Um, they've got the quarterback back. Uh, and they've got, by the way, their offense is just going to be its going to be great. I mean, it's going to be great. I don't feel bad saying it. With Kate Klubnick back, Jaden Greathouse, two big offensive tackles, and Connor Robertson and Bray Lynch, a, a, a center in Jack Griffin. Um, I mean, they this had two team, other offensive linemen move in. They had the, a kid from Smithson Valley move in, and they had some kid, a kid from Florida who's a big time recruit, yeah. move in on the offense. Westlake may have the best offensive line in the state of Texas. I love I mean, they're going to be going to get touched all year. So the other side of the ball is interesting because I think that uh, you know we are um, you know uh, if you if you missed it, this is Todd Dodge's last year. He announced he's retiring after the season. Um, I'm sure he's thinking I'm going to go out on top. Uh, and the guy that we think is have they uh, the guy we think should be the heir apparent. I don't know if he's officially the heir apparent. Um, is their defensive coordinator Tony Salazar, who, who is, a is he's a wizard who is quite quite frankly maybe the finest defensive mind in the state. Like 
and I know what I'm saying when I say that. Yeah, I mean, then, I, it's him, him and Cornell Thompson are like 1A him, and 1B in defensive minds. Cornell Thompson, I'd, I'd probably throw like John Kay in there too. You know what I yeah. mean? Like there's just some guys who are just defensive wizards. He's one of them. Um, but here's the thing. They're going to be real young defensively. Real young. Yes. And and so how much of that Salazar magic, you know, go now they're not going to need it to the playoffs. You know what I mean? They're not going to need to be ready until week 13 fundamentally, but they're going to need to grow up in a hurry defensively. And that's a big question for them. And like Travis, by the way, like Travis, who is still smarting from that, um, um, who's still smarting from uh, getting bounced in the first round of the playoffs last year. Um, they bring back a fair amount to, to like as well. Uh, Bo Edmondson, their quarterback, uh, is back. Uh, and, oh, by the way, I don't know if you guys heard this, but uh, they picked up a pretty decent wide receiver in the offseason too. Yeah, they hired Caleb Bur- They hired uh, Charles Burton as an assistant, who Charles Burton, former head coach at Del Valley. Um, he's got a son who's a good player. Um Five-star recruit. I think he's committed oh, yeah. to Ohio State. Uh, Caleb Burton. So, Caleb yeah. Burton. Lake Travis is going to be improved this year. I, I think the rest gonna, of Lake Travis's rivalry is going to be white hot again. It, it and, will be. And and their defense, by the way, is going to be pretty good too. Not to interrupt. And in this district, much like in District 19, the real fun is after the top two because that's going to determine what path Westlake takes in the playoffs because if you remember in 2019, they were Division Division two. Last year, they were Division One, And what happens behind them with teams like Hayes Consolidated, Austin Bowie, Del Valley, and San Marcos, namely those four, is going to determine Westlake's playoff path because if Bowie or Del Valley makes the playoffs, that pushes Westlake Division Two, Right. And so- – that's going to be that it's 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 going to be one of those fun things you know when when you know we we could have you know I, I've got San Marcos plays Del Valle on a Thursday night like in week 9 I'm going to be at that game because that may determine Westlake's playoff path right you know there, there there's going to be a lot to a lot to unpack in this district week to week uh with some of these games functionally like if you like it's kind of a race for any of those top 3 teams to see who can get in division 2 now i would say carroll is probably they are the they is least beneficial for them of the 3 to get to division mm-hmm. 2 because a team like guyer would loom but um, probably, least, probably least likely as well probably a least lot, likely as there's well there's a lot that has to go right for carroll to go to division 2 yes so um and so by the way the next 5 teams so i have this right the next 5 teams in our rankings and six of the t- or six of the next seven teams in our rankings in Region Two or Region Four rather are San Antonio teams, and so when you take a look at the Alamo City, um, maybe this is the year. And especially if Westlake can go Division One, buddy, you want to buy in on a little bit of them Brennan Bears? Because I would that's, like to buy in on some Brennan Bears. That's my that's my, you want to talk about maximum Bears? This may be maximum Bears this year because Brennan. Brennan went with the youth movement last year, played a ton of sophomores, pushed Vandergriff to the limit in the area around the playoffs. They bring back a ton. I think Brennan has a strong claim to be the best team in San Antonio uh, this year. But we're, we're going to find out quick because they opened the season with Reagan, who is an, another one of the teams who I yes. think is one of the best teams in San Antonio. Yeah, I think that's right. Right behind them would be uh, Steele and Judson. Um, they're kind of battling it out in, in District 27. Um, you know, Steele hard- didn't find a quarterback. Steele everywhere yeah. else looks good. They were they have to replace a four year starter in Wyatt Beagle, who I believe signed with Arkansas State. So they got to replace a Division Dude. One four year starter at quarterback. Um, and you want to talk about one of the quarterback? 
one of the quietest regional finalists from last year. Like, Cibolo Steel ran all the way to the D1 yeah. regional finals. Yeah, and Steel's another team. They could go Division Two. you know. Mm-hmm. If, the, if Steel traditionally has been a Division Two team. It's just last year, I believe New Braunfels got in and pushed Steel into the Division One bracket. So, Steel... Steel could go Division Two, and, and we can really see some San Antonio power in Division Two if Westlake and Lake Travis are both in the Division One bracket. I'll give you an opportunity to cape for a RGV team if you would show choose. I don't see one this year that really piques my interest, to be quite honest. As far as you know, making it to the third round of the playoffs, or yeah, past, it's past the, 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 the new the new realignment draw makes it real tough because they're they're facing San Antonio teams in the second round. Um, if you know. Vela is probably the best team in the Valley this year, but they're probably looking at a second round matchup with Brennan. Yeah. And that's that what didn't go well for them last year. And it's probably not going to go well for them this year. So um, if, if I had to, if I had to cape for any Valley, if I thought any, the, I would say the Valley team with the best shot at getting to the third round, is probably, probably Harlingen. Yeah. I think the bracket, if they can get that top seed out of district 32, I think in division one, I think there's a path for them to get to the third round. I, and by the way, like what before we before we leave here and go to our, our picks, uh, we should probably mention that like there is a team that won the stinking region last year that we haven't mentioned yet, and that's Buta Hayes. But uh, if you didn't know, Buta Hayes got. I mean, when we talk about getting smoked by graduation, yeah, they got they... blasted into the sun by graduate. They bring back yes. eight, eight. They bring back eight Letterman. I didn't say yes. starters. They bring back eight Letterman. Yeah, uh, they got they got wiped. Yeah, Lesko. We trust Lesko, and he's a excellent coach. But man, they've got a lot of lot of work to do. A lot lot of yeah. and and Buta Johnson's opening up now. You will start to see the effects of that this year because now that's right. who they, they pulled primarily from Hayes. You're going to start seeing the effects of Buta Johnson, which the school's been open for two years now. That's going. You're going to start seeing that. Uh, effect for Hayes. Let less depth and some of the talent being siphoned off. All right, Matthew. It's it's, it's game time. Give me your Division One and Division Two regional finalists or regional champions and your state champions in Class Six A. In Division One, Region One, I am going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Trinity with Southlake Carroll losing, you know, Quinn Ewers. I'm, I'm going to go Trinity uh, in Division Two. Give me Denton Geyer over Abilene mm. uh, in Region One. Uh, Region Two uh, in Division One. Give me Duncanville over DeSoto in Division Two. Give me Rockwall Heath over Bridgeland. Um, I think Bridgeland gets to the regional final this year because the, they're not. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. But the bracket is a better draw for them this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, region three, division one, I'm going to take uh, Katie over Atascacita because Katie and North Shore would play in the third round. Um, so mm-hmm. I think Atascacita gets the draw to the regional final. In division two, give me Clear Falls over Shadow Creek. Uh, in region four, give me Austin Westlake over Lake Travis. We get Westlake, Lake Travis in the regional final this year. And in division two, give me Brennan over Judson. Okay. And right. state championships. Do you want? Do you want to do, you want to do your regional picks? Or do you want me to get my no, state championship? I want to do your state champions. All right. In Division One, give me Austin Westlake over Duncanville. And in Division Two, Rodney Webb gets a state title. Denton Geyer over Clear wow. Falls. Wow, Denton Geyer over Clear Falls. What a <laughs> what a state weird. championship. 
Let's just get Let's weird, get yeah. And I'm trying to think, who closes it out this year? Is it D2 or D1? Um, no, so D2 this year. D2, yeah, so D2. Yeah. So that would be the last Lake game is- of the year. Yeah, because Westlake and Carroll was the last game last year. So the last game of the year would be Denton Geyer and Clear Falls. I love it. All right. Let's, let's just get weird. <clears throat> All right. Region 1. D1. I'm going to go with Southlake Carroll. I I, okay. I I just I still think I like their defense, and I think Caden Anderson does enough, and I think that now they've got enough time to 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 figure out how their offense is going to work. I'm going to go with Carroll in region in, in region one, division one, division two. I'm going to go with Denton Geyer. I'm, I'm a I'm, I'm a I'm a Jackson Arnold stan. I'm going to go with them in region one, region two. Duncanville in region in in, in division one. I think that they look the strongest, and I think that defense is going to be nasty. And Division Two, I like Rockwell Heath. I think that the Hawks. I think that that offense is going to be something special. They got a couple of holes to fill defensively, but I think they're going to outscore a lot of people to to get there. Region Three, I like Katie in Division One. I think Katie's going to go to the Division One bracket. You've talked me into that. I think they're going to go to Division One. I think they're the. I think they're going to come out of there. Region Two. I go with Clear Falls. You know what? I'm going to go with Shadow Creek. Okay. I think Shadow Creek, the youngsters step up and make and make moves. I think Shadow Creek wins six uh, A Division one or six A Division two Region three, and in Region four, I will go with the Lake Travis Cavaliers to Whoa. win Region one. Whoa, okay. And I will go with the Austin Westlake Chaparrells to win region two or division two. Okay. I think they go to the division two bracket. Uh and as a, uh, after that, I am going to go for state champions for division one. Let me put my stamp of doom upon the Katy Tigers over the Duncanville Panthers in an absolute war. An absolute that would, war. That would be fun. And in in region or division two, rather, I'm going to go with Austin Westlake to beat Rockwall Heath in a state championship game. So there you have it. Yeah, I think I don't know. I, I I'm 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 not certain Westlake goes. I know you're a lot more sure Westlake goes D one. I'm just not mm-hmm. at certain. Um, I think that a lot of things had to go right or right wrong, however you want to view it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm. 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 I, that's. That's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling Westlake goes yeah. D two and they win a D two state championship and they go snip snap snip snap back and forth D one D two. I think Westlake is the, that. That's. I feel least confident about Westlake going Division one of, of those three. I think yeah. Westlake. That, that's the one because of the the Hayes losing so much and Austin Bowie and Del Valley bringing back a lot. That's the mm-hmm. one I, I'm le- least confident about. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay. Uh, so there you go. That's it. We only went an hour 40. Look at us. We're getting better. We did it. Um, we did it. All right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, do you have anything else to say? You've only talked for four hours about Texas high school football over two podcasts. Uh, let's do it again next Monday. And the game Buddy. returns for week, week one. one. Yeah. Oh, I'm so fired up. I'm fired up. Maybe That's it's going to be in person on Monday as well. Could be an, it could be an in-person recording on Monday. 
that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. And thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. We do hope that you will tell a friend about this dumb podcast because they need it in their lives. Uh, Thanks for all you do. Thanks for being a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. We'll see you next week at Poncho's Mexican Buffet on Tepitz. Yes. (laughs) 